I don't come before you because there's any merit in me that, that would make it that I, I should be able to do this. I come because of Jesus. Jesus says, by my faith in him, you and I are in a covenant now. You're my God, I'm your people, and it's right for me to come to you in this way. That he's torn the veil and I can come right to you now, God the Father. We plead the name of Jesus in the presence of the Father. That, that's what it means first then to pray in Jesus' name. We go based off of what Jesus has done for us. And the second thing it means to pray in Jesus' name is that we pray in a way that looks to align our requests with Jesus' will. Now, the will of Jesus is the will of God, isn't it? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons, one will. So if we pray in, in a way that looks to align our requests with Jesus' will, we're trying to align our requests with God's will. We're submitting our desires to God. So this means now we come before him, we plead the name of Jesus, and then we say, we just pour out our requests. God, you know what I'm longing for. I'm looking for this. I'm longing for this thing. And God, I know there is nothing that's too hard for you. But then we pray like Jesus has taught us to pray, and we say, yet not my will, but thine be done. Would you do what you, your will has determined to do, God? Because that's all I want. All your ways are good and all I want is what you want. Now what Jesus says is when we pray in this kind of a way, we go to the Father and we pray in Jesus' name like this, he's saying the, the answer to that prayer is going to be yes. And our prayer life will be so deeply satisfying, it's going to become like the cherry on top of our already strong, secure joy. Look at verse 24. This is actually where we find really the only imperative or, or one of the only imperatives that we're going to find in our passage. It's kind of like the only commandment we're seeing here. And that is Jesus saying, ask. Ask, he says. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It's like he said, what have you been waiting for? Ask already. You have not because you ask not. Go ahead and ask. Ask in my name. Go to the Father. And because he loves you, because of your faith in me, because of what I've done in your relationship with him, making you at one with him, he hears that request. He longs to hear it from you. And his answer to you is you pray in my name and for my will to be done is yes. And our joy is complete. Our prayer life is deeply satisfying. Let me try to give you a personal example uh, of, of how this has played out somewhat recently in mine and Carrie's lives. There, there's more recent examples than this, but I'm going to use this one because you're going to be a bit familiar with it. This last fall, one of the things that Carrie and I were praying for in Jesus' name was to do with the vacant lead pastor role that we had at the Emmanuel Berry campus. You know this. And so we got together and quite literally got down on our knees and we entered into the throne room of God. How incredible! And we go before God and we say something along the lines of, God, we're not here because we deserve to be here on our own. We're not here because we're so lovely, because we've earned a, a sort of a way into your throne room. We're here because of Jesus. Jesus has purchased our hall pass into your throne room, God. And here we are, Carrie and I, side by side in the throne room of the Almighty God. And God, we have an audience with God. God hears our prayers. And by our faith in Jesus, he's saying to us, actually, you can call me dad. Call me father. And he's actively, he's attentive, he's listening. And we pour out our requests and he's granting them as we pray in Jesus' name. So we start to pour out our requests. 
We're saying, now, God, you say in your word that we are to serve you with our whole life, and that's exactly what we want to do. Wherever you call us to go, God, we will serve you with everything we got. But we sort of feel that one of the things we're really longing for, we think it would be wonderful if it's your will, if you would let us serve you in this way, in this particular role. And and we just pour it out and we say, no, God, we're trusting you with this. We're telling you what we're longing for. Now, you know how he answered that prayer, don't you? He answered that prayer by placing us in this role. He said yes in that way. And our joy was filled up and complete and continues to be. So we say, God, you're so good for answering this prayer. But this is the part I want you to catch. If he had have answered that prayer with what would have actually been a yes by having said, no, Josh, that role is not the one for you. I have somebody else in mind for that role. His answer to us, because we're praying for his will, not ours, would have still been yes, and our joy would be no less complete. We'd say, God, this is good, and all your ways are good, and you filled our hearts with joy that we're walking with you. Can you see it? Can you see then how deeply satisfying it is to pray to the Father, get to go before him, pray for the will of Jesus to be done, and see God always saying yes? There's one final thing that I I want you to notice here in our passage that Jesus is talking about, about a benefit, a a big change to our day-to-day lives that he brings about through what he's done for us. And that is, Jesus is saying here that the death and resurrection of Jesus mean that Jesus' people can have a steadfast peace. That's what he's getting at here. He's, he's, he's about to tell us in our final section that because of what he's done through the cross and through the empty grave, he's saying we can have a, a strong peace. We, when if, even when all kinds of things are going wrong, we can rest in Jesus' peace. Jesus' people can have a steadfast peace. Read the last section with me. It says, Then the disciples said, Now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe you came from God. Do you now believe? Jesus replied. A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I'm not alone for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Immediately after Jesus had said these words, well, not quite immediately, very shortly after, all kinds of things went wrong for the disciples, didn't it? That crowd came into the garden to arrest Jesus. They were so filled with panic and fear, they scattered everywhere just like Jesus said they would. And then when Jesus, on the third day, was raised to new life, you remember where he found them? Hiding in a locked room from the Jews out of fear. Now, they saw the bodily resurrected of Jesus, but that did not mean the end of all their trials and tribulations, did it? Now, they continued to have all kinds of struggles in their lives, which is exactly what Jesus warns here. He says, verse 33, In this world you'll have trouble. This is a beautiful world, it's a broken world, and even Jesus' people are going to have all kinds of trouble in this world. He fully acknowledges that. But what he's saying is that even when all kinds of stuff is going wrong, if we go back to the cross, back to the empty grave, we then remember Jesus has overcome the world. He's telling us, Christian, if we're looking at our peace meter, 
And we're saying, it's a little depleted this morning. He's saying, come back to the cross. Come back to the grave. Remember I died for your sins. Remember that I conquered death. Remember I've overcome it all. And you will have my peace as you're in me. It's at the cross and the empty grave that we remember all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. What's robbing you of your peace? Is it somehow outside of Jesus' authority? Not a chance. So yes, I know that it may seem like sometimes his enemies are having a heyday. And maybe they're causing all kinds of trouble in your life even today. But listen, even today, the enemies of Jesus are under his authority. He's got them on a leash. And the day is coming when all the enemies of Jesus will cower in the presence of the king of all kings. He's overcome it all. We go back to the cross and the empty grave because that's where we remember he's overcome it all, which means he now wears the victor's crown. And if your faith's in him, your life is tethered to his. We say, how can I have peace when I got such a battle with sin? When I have so many failures in my life, when I'm so filled with fear and there's so many trials, oh, because we remember our life is now tied to Jesus. He's victorious. He's overcome it all. So he's greater than our sins. He's greater than our failures. He's greater than our fears. He's greater than our trials. And when we remember that Jesus is the one who has overcome it all, what we find is that from this day until the day he returns for us, he is giving us the strength to walk in his victory and the ability to rest in his peace. That's what happens when we come back to the filling station of the cross and the empty grave. And remember, Jesus has overcome. So in our passage here, we had the disciples set out. Jesus is talking about these little wiles, and they're all kinds of confused, and they're saying, what's the meaning of these little wiles? What's he getting at with these little wiles? Tell us what these little wiles mean. And Jesus says, oh, you want to know about the meaning of the little wiles, of the cross and the rest? Okay, I'm going to tell you. And they're going to mean the world to you. The little while of the cross and of my resurrection, it's going to mean that you now, Christian, can have life abundant and life eternal. The little wiles of the cross and the empty grave, they mean that I have purchased for you a strong, secure joy, stronger than your greatest pain, and nobody gets to take it from you. They mean, he says, that I have purchased for you a satisfying prayer life, a prayer life where you, a little person, gets to go into the throne room of God Almighty and call him Father, Dad, and you have an audience with him. He hears you and he says, I'm granting your request as you pray in Jesus' name. He says, the little wiles mean my, of my cross and my resurrection mean that you can have a steadfast peace. I've overcome it all. Everything you're going to face, I've overcome. Now walk in my victory and rest in my peace. Christian, we do not need to live a depleted life. What we need to do is to learn to look to Jesus, to continue to look to him and all that he has done for us and allow him to fill us up to overflowing. I do want to acknowledge something here as we get set to close. You might be here this morning and you may have rightly recognized that what Jesus is saying in John 16 is that all these blessings belong to his people. And you might say, I, I don't know if I'm actually part of his people. Now, what I want you to know is that his offer to be part of his people is made to everyone. He makes it to the entire world, no matter who you are, no matter how far you think you are from God or what you've done against him, he makes an offer to you to be part of his people. And that happens when we turn to him in faith. 
you could do this even right now. You could just acknowledge, God, I've got a problem with sin, but I believe Jesus is who he says he is. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus to pay for my sins, and I believe you sent him to defeat the power of death, to be the overcomer of this world. And now, God, I'm putting my faith in him. I want my little life to be tethered to his victorious life. I want to know this joy. I want this satisfying prayer life. I want to know what it means to live in this steadfast peace. And that's exactly what Jesus wants for you too. He wants you to come to know God as your Father. And him is your victorious savior. And so you pray that way, you believe in Jesus, and you will be counted part of his people, and you will join us in this amazing thing of what it means to worship and live for God. Let me close this with a word of prayer here. Father, how deep is your love for us that you would send Jesus to do all this for us? Even when... We treated you like you didn't exist. Even when some of us treated you like you were our enemy, we were hostile to you. And how amazing is your mercy toward us, Jesus. That you're, you endured what should have been our cross. And you endured it to save us, to give us life to the full. And you endured it for the joy that was set before you that's ours now too. God, may we learn to look to Jesus at all times, that we would be filled to overflowing in all of these areas so that the world might behold your glory and your people might live in great satisfaction, God. We ask it, believing that this is in Jesus' name, that it's his will, and so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we respond with this song, Goodness of Jesus.
recognize that for some who are here today, the, the pain of your present circumstances is significant. The burden maybe that you're carrying is really heavy. And it's not a super easy thing to get filled up at the foot of the cross and the empty tomb. The Lord has put us in community together. And so if you're carrying a heavy burden and you'd like somebody to meet with you and just help you come back to the cross and, and, and help you fix your eyes upon Jesus, I would love to meet with you and pray with you. And, and you could come forward just as your row is released and, and I would love to meet with you there. I recognize that there are others who are here who might say, I want today to be the day that I learn to find my hope in Jesus. I want to join his people, but I still got questions about how to do that. I would love to meet with you too. Same thing, just come to the front when your row is released, and, and I would love to talk with you more about that. Let's allow these words from the close of Jude to serve us as both uh, our, our blessing and our marching orders here or call to action. It says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.